0: Hello, folks, and welcome back once again to the best show in junior hockey with the two greatest broadcasters in junior hockey. We have traveled the country, and in the last two weeks, we've traveled the great state of Florida, coast to coast, up and down, left and right, back and forth, just to cover all walks of life, all walks of the game of hockey. But we couldn't cover all walks of life, all walks of hockey without a man. A man whose name graces the show, the only man named Dan Kay on the Dan Kay Show. It's Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the show. These intros are getting a little bit more scary as we do this, Lucas. I want you to
1: know I'm starting to sound more like a dictator than a hockey coach. I, I folks, I, I, uh, I bleed when you cut me. That's 100. No matter what <laughs> Lucas says, but no, we, we have an awesome show ahead of you guys here, and and we all know that the reason why we launched this pot, this podcast, this audio podcast was, you know, at the. The start of this whole COVID-19 pandemic, we, we ran into an issue where we were having hundreds of families reaching out to us, players, parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, reaching out to us, asking us what to do for their hockey player. How should they be navigating this hockey world? And we thought to ourselves, outside of just a, a world consisting of a pandemic, I mean, this junior hockey world, this collegiate hockey world can be difficult to navigate at times for our parents and our players. And this show is meant for you. It's meant to help pave your path and connect you with the folks that we put our stamp on the 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 people we believe in whether it be at the collegiate level the junior level or beyond we just had bruce boudreau on we had a chance to talk with the new york aviators last week and i love our guest this week because new hockey is always great hockey i was screaming at the top of my lungs during the world juniors about the need for more hockey there are plenty of hockey players. There is tons of talent as this game grows. The collegiate level needs to grow with it. And our guest today, Andrew Burke of Albernia University, former head coach of Brent Athen, is bringing more hockey. Coach, what's going on? How are you doing today?
2: How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And um, hello to all the, the, the listeners out there. So pumped to be on.
1: Hey, we're pumped to have you, coach. We we can't wait to see things. I'll tell you what, I, I visited Alvernia when I was a JUCO baseball player. I went and took a tour of that place and almost ended up there. It was beautiful. The campus there, the academic offerings, Alvernia is a top-notch institution. That's a great hire they have in getting you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're excited. I'm excited to get there. Um, it is, like, like you said, kind of Kind of echo what you said it is a beautiful campus it's you know under the 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 new administration president and our vice president our athletic director um they really have a student focused um, outlook and uh athletics is is a big part of our institution and and they've they've done a lot of uh expansion into um in the athletic complexes and fields and and you know our rank up at body zone which is you know five minutes right off campus um there's there's a lot of work going on up there so you know, they have a, a great student athlete, you know, um, community along with the regular community of the college. But yeah, we're, we're super pumped to kind of get in there and kind of get our hands and, and put our stamp on uh, Reading, Reading, Pennsylvania college hockey. We're coming. Cannot wait. We are going to get into it with
1: coach in just a moment. Before that, we do what we do on each Dan K show. We pay those bills. We thank our partners and We talked to those hockey parents traveling the road. Maybe you came down to Hub City, Tampa, where Lucas and I just got done scratching our heads about a round of golf and playing a tough, hard-fought match of tennis between two guys who will certainly never be mistaken
0: for Roger Federer. Lucas, your review for this week's show. Well, this year I'm reviewing a brewery. This week I'm reviewing a brewery, Dan. And I I think it's important because one of the things about junior hockey is all the travel. And so anytime we travel, we always try to review beers or breweries that are local to the area that you might be traveling in. Well, in Hub City, Tampa, there are a ton of local breweries to check out. And if you are someone who's into craft beer, you should just Google craft beer breweries and go visit one. They've all got patios. They're all outdoors. But if you're not the adventurous type and you're at a liquor store and you're looking for something, might I recommend Cigar City? And I've got two options for you. For the regular beer drinker, the Cigar City High li IPA is an absolutely phenomenal beer. Uh, I believe I've talked about it in passing before, but it's a really solid IPA, a little bit on the maltier side with a little bit of a bitter hop flavoring to it. Uh, You know, kind of a medium alcohol level. So it's really for that in-between person who likes pale ales and really hoppy IPAs. And if you are the more adventurous drinker, might I recommend the Margarita Goza? A Goza is a style of beer originating in Germany. A little bit of sea salt, a little bit of tartness, a little bit of sour. Very, very mild on all those flavors. Now, in New Jersey, we can't drink it in the winter because it's a summer beer. But I'll be the first one to tell you it is summer year round in Florida. We just got sunburned in the middle of January. So go pick up some Margarita Goza. It's a little fresh, a little tart, a little salty. Good for the adventurous drinker.
1: Just give it a score.
0: I would give the Highline IPA a good 7.5. I think it is a perfect, above average... Beer for the, for, you know, almost everyone is really, really going to like it. The margarita goes, I give a seven, nine. I think it's a little more adventurous. I think the payoff's a little bit better. Um, And I think it's perfect for a hot Florida day.
1: I love it. Lucas, I I think it's summer year round all the time. I'm the kind of guy who I'll drink a summer shandy just to, just to make myself feel like I'm not sitting in the snow. You know what I mean? I'll put my bathing suit on. I'll get out there and uh, get a little frostbite, but we go to the coffee side of things. We all know Dan K runs on coffee. We... Just had the Health Ice Center's Coffee, delicious, gavinia wonderful name. I love the name, been saying it all day, but uh, we go to Target a lot, right? We work great with Target. Target has been beating us here throughout this whole trip, and today we go to that, that classic donut shop coffee brand for the Keurig machine, and you got the vanilla cream puff today. Lucas, uh, you're the opposite of me. When you hear sweet, you don't want it to be that sweet, right? I hear sweet. I, I hope it is, and I didn't really get the vanilla cream pop here, wasn't very vanilla-y, wasn't very sweet, it's kind of left me wanting more, this guy's a uh, probably a 6'2", 6'2", out of 10, it's alright, if you're looking for just a quick cup of coffee, right, it gives you the jolt, gets you the caffeine. But if you're a flavored coffee type of person like myself, if you're not afraid, you're not trying to be a tough hockey guy. I'm not out here blocking pucks. I'm getting out of the way. Coach Burke wants nothing to do with me on that. <laughs> roster. I'm getting out of the way. Of, I'm getting out of the way of pucks. And I'm also getting out of the way of this one. Lucas six on this one.
0: You know, I did not know when I opened up the box on that first eight a.m. morning game at six forty five a.m. Quick cup of coffee. Did not know you bought vanilla cream puff coffee, mm-hmm. took a sip was very confused very disappointed and angrily chugged the whole thing before he walked out the door all right we've gotten through our angry coffees we've gotten through some
1: great beer a little bit of a lesser on the coffee side and today we get to a great hockey coach who is bringing hockey to Reading, pennsylvania and i feel like we're pennsylvania themed these last three weeks i mean we got the usphl launching a new franchise owned by the great bruce boudreau who we talked to just two weeks ago out in hershey pennsylvania now we head over to Reading, pennsylvania and Coach Burke, the first place I got to start is, I mean, this is a tall task to take on. Launching anything from scratch is is a tall task, as we know with the USPHL just a few years ago when it launched and got up and running. You you look at this at Alvernia. I mean, what drew you to taking this job on?
2: Yeah, um, you know, for me, um, I looked at Alvernia as as an opportunity, um, a challenge. I, I you know. I played for coach people at UMass Boston. And, and, and I, I saw what Pete, Pete did there. Um, and, and I think, you know, what he did in 10 years there is, is amazing. Well, 15 years now, but, you know, I, I, I guess my nature is I'm a builder. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy or a coach that wants to, you know, build tradition and, and start it. So for me, I looked at Alvernia as an opportunity to, to get there and and and, and take the challenge on of, of starting a new program. And I think, when I looked at it from, from a coaching lens, I I said, you know, there's a lot of stuff there Um, whether it be athletic facilities, they just put in a a brand new building in 2019 or 2018 called the Plex that has, you know, a varsity weight room, um, a a whole athletic physical therapy center. Um, Then you go up on the other side of campus to the physical education center. There's another varsity weight room in there. Um, Then you look at all the trainers and staff and the support systems they have from academics um, you, you kind of look at it and then you kind of go, okay, I can, I think you can kind of draw a high end student athlete here. And then on top of it, you know, you look at it from, if you were a parent, you know, you look at it, we're, we're a top hundred school in the Northeast region. Um, we have, we're, we're just, you know, launching our engineering program, which the Alvernia university is, is expanding into, into Reading. It's called, a uh, Reading Redding center in downtown Reading. So we're going to have in, in twenty. 23, 24, we're going to have a brand new downtown campus um, home of our engineering uh, department. Esports is going down there. Um, they're going to have loss for students up to 200 beds um, and even back up. They're going to have classes in, in the fall there. So students are going to be able to get that downtown city life or they can come out to our main campus and, and get that you know true campus feel of, of being out a little bit outside of a city um, and I looked at it from that perspective and I said, you know, it kind of, it kind of checks all the boxes. Um, and then with the rink as well, it's, it's, you know, it's a five minute drive right off campus. And, you know, when I visit a body zone, it's, it's, it's very clean. It's, it's, it's a good sheet of ice. It's two sheets and there's a gym there, there's turf, there's pickleball, basketball. And from an athlete, when you look at for the athletic, you, you, you bring a kid in there and it's, you know, that's their home. So, and the people there are very, very friendly. And, and it's always been very good for us to, to kind of have a place where we can go. And, 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 you know, you have that very good, um, people there, but for us, it's, I looked at it and I said, you know, this is, this is a chance for me to kind of, you know, being nine years into coaching, it's, it's my opportunity to kind of challenge myself again and grow again. Um, and I looked at the opportunity and I, and I definitely well went for it. So.
1: And that coach, what I love, what I love about you, you talk about nine years of coaching, right. And you think about that, you you look at your playing career, it, it's it's so recent that you took the skates off and, and grabbed the whistle, right, to get behind the bench, and you, I mean, when you were playing a game of hockey, all your success you had on the ice at UMass Boston, when was that moment for you when it clicked, like, hey, I'm going behind the bench after this, I'm going to coach, because, I mean, you got after it quick, you, you were behind a bench in a big position right away at of school.
2: Yeah, I think I think for me, you know, I was never uh, as a player. I was never a guy that was going to put up, you know, forty forty goals and forty assists in a, in a season. And and I was always that guy that was first on the ice, last off the uh, off the ice. But I was a big believer in, in 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 being in the weight room and and trying to get better. And and even from that, I I I kind of breathe that competitiveness and and bringing guys in on that with me. Um, so it was whether it be a lift in the summer or a lift in the preseason or doing a drill after a practice, I would always be helping guys out, and and it kind of gave me that, hey, I, I I think I like to teach a little bit. I think I like to teach the game, and and to be honest with you, my coaching philosophy, I, I look at I look at all of, you know, the whole hockey world and the whole hockey community as coaches and players and everything, and especially coaches is we have a platform, you know, it might not be a whiteboard or a chalkboard or, or whatever in a classroom, but we have a, we have a different platform to, to kind of, to reach, you know, young student athletes or young, young men or young women in the game um, to, to teach them, you know, life events, whether it be adversity or, or, you know, wins, losses, failure, success, anything. And, and for me, I look at that and I go, that's a unique thing. And then, and, and that's kind of how I tied the two together is because, you know, I looked at like, you know, how do you, how do you reach an audience? And I looked at it and say, I have hockey as a platform and, and I was grateful enough to play for great coaches, make great connections, have a good network. And then given the opportunity to coach at, at, you know, at Bryn Atherton college was, was a whirlwind for me. I, I, I learned so much so quick um, was surrounded by good people, good athletic director there. And then, you know, I, you know, kind of drinking from the fire hose and, and I got to mesh the both worlds together of, of my playing career and, and then coaching, and, and it was really good for me, and it really gave me an opportunity to kind of set myself up for, for my new position here in Alvernia.
1: Love it, coach, and I mean, to the folks at home, I, I always like to really point out when you hear the right things from a coach, when you hear the right things from a, from a scout, or you hear it from from a representative of an organization, it's you hear that player first mindset. You hear that idea of right in 2021 where athletes are different than the old days of Bill Parcells of being in the tub ain't helping you make my club. Right. It's we're in a different world. It's a different athlete. And and coaches like Coach Berg, they're, they're so recently they've so recently been on the ice. They've been in that locker room. They've been around a situation like we're in now in Hub City, Tampa, where every guy is living in that that junior hockey lifestyle where hockey is life for a few years, for a few moments. And, and the things you remember are mostly off the ice more than they even are on the ice. And you're, you're hearing, these are the things that build great athletes and coach for those great athletes that want to come to Alvernia. Can you, can you let them know kind of when things start off and when this inaugural season will kick off for you guys, as well as kind of, how can they, how can they learn more about the the program and how can they, how can they reach you?
2: Yeah. Um, so, so we, we announced, um, this past August that we're going to be starting men's ice hockey. I officially started, um, last week on Tuesday. Um, and our first, our first official puck drop will be in October 2022 and the 2023 season. So we're about a year and a half away. Um, so for me, it's a year and a half of, you know, locker room design and, and Jersey design and, and recruiting and scouting. Um, but to learn more, um, you can either contact me at my email um, which is, you know, I can, you know, andrew.burke at alvernia.edu um, and then shoot me a, you know, an email or, you know, cruise out to our website and, and check it out. Um, and then obviously for us, we'll be, you know, we'll be out recruiting and scouting and, and hopefully we see some of the guys, but um, definitely, you know, is, is definitely take a look at the website. And then obviously, if you're interested, you, you drop me a note on the email and then we'll, we'll connect after that.
1: Absolutely love it. You better get onto it, players, and we're going to dig in deeper now. Dan K. could bloviate all day about the game of hockey. I could talk about this all day, and I tend to keep Lucas quiet. It's a little bit of a Jay and Silent Bob type of mantra <laughs> here. And, but we go into the smart conversation, so I always let this kick off with my right-hand man, Mike consigliere mon frere from another mayor, Lucas Jones. Lucas, the Q&A. Get it started with the coach, Andrew Burke.
0: What if you could naturally improve your sleep? and fight snoring just by drinking water. Introducing Remastered Sleep, the first water bottle designed to fight snoring and provide a natural way to better sleep. This is not just an advertisement. This is a personal recommendation. I was part of the study trial and began to feel the benefits in just a few weeks. I continue to use Remastered Sleep to help me get restful sleep even on long road trips. Head to RemasteredSleep.com to find out more information and use the code DANKSHOW10 to get 10% off your purchase. Remastered Sleep aspiring to make healthy easy you know we actually definitely could pass for jay and silent bob i think with the <laughs> the the different vibes we got going on here but uh coach i'll, I'll starting a little bit of an opposite direction normally normally i like to come out top line swinging here and try to get into it but yeah you said something in that that sort of the free skate that i'm interested in so you have a hand in designing the uniforms and the locker rooms for this team yeah yeah i do i i
2: will have um you know, we have, we have an equipment manager here, um, who handles me. And that's the other thing It they, we treat our athletes so well, we have an equipment manager here. That's going to handle every, all the day-to-day operations. We have, you know, our athletic department, like I said, has a student, student athlete first focus. So, you know, for me, but yeah, over the next, over the next 18 months, I got to design jerseys and, um, locker room and, and, you know, workout practice schedules and all that fun stuff that goes into it. But, you know that's that's the challenge, and and of, for me is is the unique opportunity to kind of get that build and put all, put my name on everything kind of going through the program, um, as long as well as long as we and as
0: and as well as create a culture, which is is going to be pretty unique for us. Now I know that Dan and myself have seen quite a few uniforms in the USPHL, and we tend to favor a little bit of that old school look. Where do you fall on this old school uniform, new school uniform perspective? Give us a little hint on what these things are going to look like.
2: Yeah. You know, our color scheme is pretty awesome. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't know everyone's color scheme at the division three level, but, um, we're maroon, we're we're the Alvernia university golden Wolves, So our, our color schemes, uh, maroon, a gold, uh, there's a silver and a white in there. So like to give you an example, um, if you looked at Arizona state or university of Minnesota, our color scheme would be identical. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot of ideas, um, that are being flown around in my head. Actually, when I say we, I say my, myself in my own mind. <laughs> so <when> I talk <laughs> to voices in my head too, coach. Yeah. Just busy people do that. Yeah. A lot, a lot of late nights That's up true. looking at different, different ideas. So,
1: um,
2: <laughs> but yeah, so, so for me, it, there's a lot of different things. I mean, I don't want to give too much, but for, I guess where I'm at is I like a clean look on a uniform, but, um, We'll be swinging for the fences to try to make a statement when we come out for, for our uh, first game. Um, but definitely something a little bit different that I think that I'm going to go for. But I like a clean look. And I guess from the old to the new school um, question, I'm not a huge fan of the new school where, you know, you have sublimation on socks and sublimation everywhere on your shell and, you know, everything on your on your jersey. I think the clean old school look – is is more of where I, my avenue is, but you know, if 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 I see something that I like, we'll take a look at it for Auburn University and kind of see where that looks.
0: Yeah, I think we we favor the old school a little bit more. We have one word of advice: stripes. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 love a we love a good triple stripe on a jersey on a sleeve. I think we're right there with you, um, but. Let's get into a little bit of this recruiting game now. You, you've talked about how you've got a long time to recruit. You've got about a year and a half here, but it it seems like from what we've talked to, coaches who've had a long recruiting cycle and a short recruiting cycle, the challenges remain the same, and not the least bit considering, you know, the, the pandemic still going on, uh, vaccines rolling out, thankfully, um, but still you know and an, an then date uncertain. Um, yep. so what are some of the challenges that you're facing? maybe focusing on the long recruiting cycle um, that might be different from a standard coaches three to four month cycle. Yeah.
2: I think, I think, you know, long-term it's, you know, it's, you know, we're, you know, our, I guess, you know, for us our age bracket that we'd be looking at is 2001 and 2002 birth years. Um, you know, the long-term I guess challenge or, or obstacle is, you know, we're going to start getting out now and talking to kids or, or, you know, kids that we already have on our list and, and, and recontacting them. But those kids right now are are very, you know, focused on on today or next month, making sure. And I think it's due to COVID doing, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff with kids with the uncertainty of, you know, will season be there, you know, come mid February, no one knows. So to try to talk to a a, a potential student athlete about, hey, uh, in 2022, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> we're going to have a season and we're going to be, you know, a Division three program. It's almost like, hey, let me let me figure out if I'm going to be having a practice tomorrow and stuff like that. So a little bit of those challenges and, and you know, I guess the, the difference what we try to do and, and the re- philosophy I have on recruiting is, you know, I don't come into recruiting as I'm the coach, you're the player. I've always taken the approach of, you know, everyone, you know, the person I'm talking to is is a person. So I want to know that, you know, potential student athlete, what they are, who they are, where they come from, you know, do they have siblings? You know, I want to know their past, their journey in hockey. And then, you know, what's their future goals in hockey? What do they want to get out of it? What, you know, what three majors do you want or, you know, things of that nature. So we can have different conversations opposed to just me being a salesman and saying, here's my school, here's the cost, here's the majors we have. By the way, I'll text you in a week with the application. So for me, I look at having a year and a half as to develop a relationship, not only with the student athlete, but with the family. And what I've seen over my nine years is that helps, you know, that helps when the student athlete arrives on campus and, you know, you, they know my background, I know their background, that kid's more willing to go to bat, not only in the classroom, but on the ice, they're showing up, working harder on the ice, or they're putting more time in the books in the dorm rooms or in their, in their apartment. Um, to me that's beneficial and for me and my staff to have a year and a half that is that's going to be huge and 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 to us to build those relationships is going to help start to bring in that culture that we want from day one so I think there's challenges you know for sure with the COVID and and making sure kids are are feeling safe and secure but when they're looking a year and a half out when they don't know a week in a week what they're doing that is definitely going to be a little bit of where we have to navigate and kind of just make sure we're 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 taking taking our runs where we can take them and making sure we're staying in in check with each kid.
1: Yeah, and, and coach. I mean, we we worked with Kyle Wallach, we talked with him too back in. He's in a he was in the exact same situation you're in now. He had a he had a year and a half window, right? And at first, we'd bump into him at every recruiting mission, every every place along the tour he was on, and you he, you'd have the same issue. It's the idea of you say 2022 to some of these guys and especially with the way the last year has been, it's, that's the future. You're getting, a, you're getting in a time machine to go to 2022, but you, we talked, we, we always point this out to our players and, and to, to folks around the game of junior hockey. I mean, it comes up fast and what to the players at home, the parents, what, what a situation like Alvernia presents to you, number one is like coach said, a runway, right? A, an, an area where you can really get to know who you're going to play for, it also provides something that you're not going to get anywhere else, which is an absolute even sheet of ice. It's not saying that a coach that brings you in at an established pro- program or uh, a program that's been around for a few years, division three, division one, wherever is just going to say, Hey, you're, you're the newcomer, you're lesser, or you're not going to play. But I mean, as a junior college baseball player heading around on recruiting missions, the, when I finally got to my next stop, the biggest problem was you're walking into a locker room with, you got zero skin in the game, right? These guys have put in that time. They put in that effort. And you're, you're learning a locker room. You're building a locker room. Everybody comes in on even skates, on an even sheet, and you're going to have a chance to effort your way into a spot in a place like Alvernia And, Coach, uh, those guys who are going to be coming in and putting in that effort, trying to make that way to that spot, I mean, what type of guy are you looking for? I mean, what type of player – does does Andrew Burke recruit and, and what do they need to be doing on the ice to to make their way to Alvernia and earn their way there?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think for us, you know, and for me, you know, I guess a couple parts, you know, I want I want somebody that can come in. And obviously you want somebody that, you know, we recruit, we recruit, we look at, you know, their hockey IQ first and then we look at their work ethic um you know you obviously this old adage you can't you can't teach work you know you can't really want, you can't teach work ethic so um and hockey iq is is you either have it or you don't um so for us we look at hockey iq and work ethic um and if you have those two things you know um all the little finer details are going to come you know we we'll, we have we do skill sessions you know i've always done them so we always we always allot time for skill sessions within our practices and Um, obviously given, you know, what our university has to offer, we, are definitely going to have more, more freedom to, to have, have kids do more stuff off the ice and things of that nature with the varsity weight rooms and stuff. And then, you know, the other piece is we want kids that want to come in here and, and, and work. They want, I want them to match their work ethic on the ice in the classroom. I want kids that want to be here that want to be successful and then, then go on and be successful alumni and, and, and take on the real world. Um, that's what I look for. I look for kids that that have that work ethic that motor that you know it never stops whether it's and they're always competitive whether it's like i said in a classroom taking a math 101 test or whether we're playing you know the number 5 team in the country um or they're battling in a practice in a battle drill or they're you know whatever i want kids that have a motor that never stops and has a hockey iq um and that motor is translucent ac- across athletics and academics and you know, like I said, the skill set and everything we can work on that as coaches, but those those couple intangible things are the big things we look for, um, and that's you know what what this what the our players give me, I give right back to them. So I try to match their work ethic, or sometimes I try to set it for them, and and it's it's a good thing because, like I said, we try to learn we try to learn them as people, and we we try to gain that respect through a work ethic. So that's kind of what people can expect for from from me and. Uh, as I said earlier is I'm a teacher, you know, so we do a lot of stuff with video. We do a lot of stuff with analytics. I'm a data guy. So we do a ton of analytical work, a ton of video with guys Um, because at the end of the game, at the end of the day, like I said, we're, we're teachers of the game. And, you know, we're trying to teach kids how to play the the game of hockey better, you know, whether they want to take a step after college to try to you know run with the pros or whether they just want to get their best four years experience with us. So that's, you know, we're always open to kind of making sure we're teaching and, and, and helping our student athletes out.
0: And coach, that's so important. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, it, it's two parts to a student athlete, right? It's, it's the student and the athlete and the learning doesn't stop when you leave the class. Uh, it, it's so important to continue to, you know, continue to elevate the education aspect whether it's academics or the uh, hockey education, right. Teaching them these new systems, these, these players are more than input-output machines. They're a lot more complicated than just telling them a thing and and then regurgitating it. They need to be able to understand it. They need to be able to, to actively work with it. Um, now, Coach, you have been coaching for just under a decade, and with that much experience under your belt, uh, I'm interested to know what kind of style you like to run. Every coach kind of has a little bit of a – of a style, whether it's a certain kind of offense, a certain kind of defense, or, you know, just an offensive defensive mentality uh, for Dan and myself. We always joke on the broadcast that Dan wants as many goals as humanly possible scored in 60 minutes. And for me, <laughs> if, if a game was one, nothing at the end of 60, I, I feel like that's a properly played hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, obviously real life, isn't that extreme, <laughs> but yeah. uh, how would you, how would you sort of define your coaching style? What is your, kind of perfect hockey game look like?
2: Yeah, I think I think I I caution with saying this because I think this some kids may run away. I'm a defensive coach. I think I I pride myself on D. I think your best offense is from the defensive side of the puck. Um so so the way we coach is 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 we we want to be physical, we want to be in your face, but we I teach in layers and I teach you don't know, you don't cheat the puck. Um always be on the right side of the puck. Um, but when we have our opportunity, we'll take our opportunity to, to, to make that transition. And I think in my nine years, I, you know, one thing I, I didn't realize when I was playing how important a transition game is in transitional hockey. And I think I've, you know, watched enough video and talked to enough guys to teach myself, you know, how to, how do I make that game part better? And how do I communicate that to our kids? So I look a lot of, I teach a lot about how, how we do we transition from, from defense to offense quick. Um, and then, Secondly, I think uh, – you know, I don't know. I don't log time for, for, for everyone's practice in the country. But I think, at, you know, at Athen and, and my nine years of coaching, I don't think any team in the country spent more time on a, on a power play practice or power play penalty kill because you guys well know that's the game now. If you have a good power play and you have a good penalty kill, one, you can win the game, or two, you could you could swing momentum very quick on your PK. So, for me, it's, it's – I'm a defensive-minded coach. And the second part is we, we look to – capitalize on power plays and um, and then we'll also try to gain momentum of PK. So for us, it's, it's, it, I guess I'm a hybrid, I guess you would say, because th- there is an offensive flair in my, in my mind of, of that offensive with being the power play and running that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I'd have to agree with you. I think I'd rather win a game one, nothing or two, one and have the shots 25 to 21 than seeing a, seeing a seven, five barn burner and, and you're having a, a 52 46 shot at the end of the game, you know, it's much easier to break down video on three goals than it is 12. So that's how I go about it.
1: <laughs> coach. I love it. And, and, you know, I mean, we talked with, with Dan Hodge coach of the twin city thunder and, and a, a great defenseman, a, a guy who made a career out of blocking pucks and hitting people for a long time in this game on the ice. And, and, you know, Haji talked about the idea that, yeah, he's a defensive minded guy, right? It's defense first. It's a six. You can, you can skate with six men on defense if your goaltender's involved. And the idea is that still, I mean, great defense creates great offense. If you play it the right way, you talk about that outlet game, you talk about being able to get out in a run and, and really turn the ice around when you've got that puck secured, when you, when you're playing good defense. And it's so important to really to, to understand that as a player that yeah we can we can get out and run and gun like I again I'm, Lucas said it, I I love I love the run and gun we talked to Mike Stanaway last week who might run the most insane offensive attack that I've ever seen at the junior hockey level the guy runs if it's five on three he's pulling his net minder every time no matter the time in the game or the score on the board he's skiing six on three he's 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 a guy who's playing he's playing chess on the offensive <laughs> side he's trying to play video games and and it's fun to watch but defense creates offense and coach that mindset you have that that background in the game you have do you have I mean is there a coach or coaches throughout your career or or role models in your game of hockey that that you draw upon or you go to kind of when when you're looking for that person to kind of provide that advice to provide that sage wisdom to really drive into you you know the next the next step you got to take behind the bench
2: yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I have, um, you know, obviously Peter Blau at UMass Boston, Sean Walsh at Southern New Hampshire, um, you know, uh, TJ Matt at, at Curry college uh, Matt Brunato at university of Alaska Anchorage, um, you know, Kyle Wallach at actually Albertus, you know, he's a very good friend of mine over the past couple of years since he started that program there. He's done a wonderful job there. Um, Gary Heenan at Utica. We, you know, I've talked to him a bunch of times, you know, so um, yeah, I, you know, my, my hockey bubble of coaches that I'm, I'm really good friends with or is, is pretty, pretty big, but, um, those are the, probably the coaches I, you know, lean on a lot for, for different information and different things and, um, all have different backgrounds, but, um, yeah, that's probably the, the crew that I look at. But I, like I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a student of the game. So I'm constantly watching hockey and, um, talking hockey with people or just seeing anything I can do. So any, any little, tidbit I can pick up. I'll, I'll watch it and just see if, you know, if it's a, a European pro game at, at the third level, we'll watch it to see what they do and see how we can implement. And I think it's if, if in this game, and especially in the world today, the way it works with technology, I think it's an amazing advantage to be able to watch hockey globally. But I also think you have to be constantly learning. If you're, if you're still sticking to the, the old 1980, you know, left-wing trap, it's, you know, you're, you're going to get passed and kids aren't going to want to really play that style anymore I think it's effective, but you have to be able to grow as a coach and and show that to your as you to your student athletes that you can that you're growing and you're adapting. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's what hockey is now. You know, you can play a Friday night. It could be a shutdown, run and gun, muck it up type of game. And then Saturday night you have to come back and you're you open the barn doors and you're trying to trying to run and gun up with the team. So and I think that's what's so unique about Division three is not every team's the same, you know what I mean? And, and when you have travel partners and you're going to one, one rink one night and you're playing one university on Friday night and then Saturday night, you're playing a completely different team. It really goes back to, you know, your coach and your staff and, and your players really being, you know, receptive to, you know, hey, we have to have two game plans on this weekend. We have to prepare for both teams. You may have to prepare for two different goalies and, and two different styles of defense. And one team may be super physical, but the other team might be, laid back and layered. And, you know, they play just a very off the puck type of defense. So it's, it's really unique. And for me, it's, it's a, it's, it's my dream job. You know what I mean? You, you're getting to yeah. learn so much and, and teach kids so teach student athletes. So that's kind of, I guess, in a long winded answer, that's kind of yeah. who I look to and a little bit of how I do things.
1: Hey coach, you can't be long winded on this show. I will always flow <laughs> the eight more. And I heard a Toe in there too. That's nothing but trouble. We started with Brett Brunito on this thing. He's the one. He's the one who gave us the wheels to this thing to get us started. <laughs> up. the The whole Brunito clan, man. We uh, we we've, we've met them all. I feel like there's there's a hundred of them in that family. And I mean that that's a that's an incredible hockey family there out of Nebraska.
2: Oh, uh, they're unbelievable. I have a great Matt Brunito story from when we were in Alberta. He uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Is it is it is it safe for work here? Can we can we? Yeah, yeah. It? I can I can I can clean it up. Not, there's nothing bad. But uh, we were in in the Alberta Junior Hockey League showcase in Kamloops, and and we. Had a little bit of break, so we ran out to uh, the 7-Eleven to to grab um, some snacks, aka candy and and a and a a soda, because we we were in the (laughs) rink for a long time. We're on a long road trip, so you know we had about an hour to kill between games. And and Matt and I, or Bruno and I, jump in the car and we're we're driving back on these on these back roads and and we get out and like he's like looking over like all this like farmland and mountains. I guess it's really nice. And you know Matt Matt back in the day had a had a his he played pro in France and had a fake tooth. And, yep. and when he was eating a candy, he took it out and put it on his lap. So when he got out of the car, it fell off in the middle of a road in Alberta. And somehow we got back to the rink and he didn't know he didn't have his tooth. Like he drove about 30 minutes without a tooth. Didn't realize he didn't have it. And then walks in the ring and goes, oh man, I lost my tooth. We had to drive all the way back out to this dirt road. It got run over by an 18-wheeler eventually. And he, he just cleans it off, blows it off, pops it back in his mouth. Still, still to this day, I still don't know how he remembered it, exactly where we were and exactly where his tooth would be. But lo and behold, he found it next to, next to a rock under a dirt pile and it popped it right in his mouth. And to this day, I still don't know how he did it. I, I mean, he, he should have played the lottery that day.
1: That, I, I tell you what, that is a Brunito
2: staple. So I got
1: I, Brett
0: Brunetow. Yeah, right. Brett
2: Brunato.
1: So first of all, the first time I met him, he ripped his teeth out of his mouth. And, and the second time I was in an interview with the Philadelphia Flyers for that one, the second time I, he's at my wedding and I, I work full-time at, at the MLB network. So I had a few, a few of my colleagues at my wedding sitting at a table with Bruni and, and Bruno sitting there and he's, and he's going to eat. And all of a sudden he smiles and they didn't notice he took his teeth out to eat. So they thought his teeth fell out of his head. My wife is, is talking to everyone at the table and they whispered to her, Hey, your friend, lost his teeth <laughs> I tell him, and she goes oh my god she tells him what's going on and he sold it that he lost his teeth in his food for a good 20 minutes before he told him that he actually pulled him out and they were just sitting there they were besides themselves so worried about his face they're like do we need to take you to a hospital are you okay it was oh it was it was one of a kind they come up they're like oh we love that bruno guy he's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: he's one of a kind
1: he's a good guy though uh-oh. Oh my God. A couple of great, uh, it's great family there, but coach to keep it rolling here. I mean, on the hockey side of things, I mean, we, we get into it. Now you talk about the, the folks you kind of go to the, the people you're bouncing things off of what you have ahead of you, you have a year and a half here. I mean, with this Alvernia side, when you get to 2022, when you drop puck in October, what what is success for you? I mean, what how do you even how do you even tabulate that? How do you even put that out there? How do you even like what is a successful first season? And what should a player be expecting? They need to accomplish when they get out to, to the university in twenty twenty two.
2: Yeah, I think I think there's multiple facets. I think I think for me as a coach, you know, I look at I look at success of a program, and for us starting as a, as a you know with with in twenty twenty two. You know, I don't, I'm not going to define success as year one. I think, you know, for us, we have, we have some goals in mind, you know, um, we, you know, so, but to define a success of a program for me, it's, it's for me, my guys that I recruit that are going to come in that are going to graduate from the program. Um, I want guys that want to come in and graduate in, you know, I guess it would be 2027 20, with a, with a college degree. And to me, that's, that's, that's number one for me a success and how you define a successful program. If the kids that you're, your student athletes that you're recruiting are coming and they're lasting four years and they're graduating, you know, now you boil it down for us, year one, you know, I think to be a successful program, you know um, you know, we, we've applied to the UCHC, um, you know, so we should hear back here shortly, probably after this in the, sometime in the springtime, but, you know a short-term goal would be, you know, if if we're in that, if we get it, if we're grateful enough to be accepted into the league, you know, we would, we would want to make playoffs year one um, and, and kind of be competitive. You know what I mean? We wouldn't, we don't want to kind of take a backseat to anybody. You know, we've seen it over the years where startup programs have, have done really good out of the gate and um, they made some noise early in their program and it's really set them up. So for us, I feel like we have no, there's not a, we're not going to, you know, we're no different. We're going to we're not going to take a back seat and say, hey, we're going to take two or three years and get this thing up and running and hey, we'll be around. We don't we want to get after it and get a, be very competitive right away. If, if we have, the, like I said, the, the fortunate enough opportunity to play in the UCH here or whatever league we may look at. Um, but for me, it's it's that's the big thing is, is making sure we're getting kids in here that are getting a good experience at the collegiate level. Um, we're competitive in every game. Um, but at the end of the day, I want them to be in four years graduating with their college degree um, from Alvernia University. And that's that's how I define successful program, because you said earlier in the podcast, wins and losses and what you do on the ice. You know, when you get older, it, you, you kind of forget those things. It's, it's more the memories you create in the locker room, on the bus, you know, on campus, you know, going, you know, all that stuff is to me is the experience that these guys are going to be getting here. Um, and how they get treated is the big thing that, that that I'm a big fan about, and I I really try to drive that home. We try to treat all of our athletes like like they're Division One and they're and they're you know at a at a major Division One university. So um, that's how I I think I define success.
0: And I've got one more here for you, Coach. Yeah. Um, so you've had uh, one of the things I think we mentioned earlier on was how recent your playing career was to getting behind the bench and even especially to to talking with us today. Is there anything from your playing career, any lessons you've learned or any things you wish you had learned that you plan to pass on to some of the players that will make up your team for the 22, 23 season? Uh, Anything, and like I said, any lessons, anything you wish you'd been told um, or anything you found particularly helpful?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, Yeah. I I would say, you know, the one thing I learned is, is, you know, always live your life with integrity. You know what I mean? I think that's an important thing to know. Like, um, and, 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 and and like, when I say that it's, it's, you want to play the game of hockey, honestly, you don't want to cheat the game. You know what I mean? I think that's, you know, if you're, you're saying you're going to be somewhere, you're doing something in the off season or when no one's looking, make sure you're doing it. You know, it, it eventually catches up to you. Um, and I think, you know, if there's ever a year, um, you know, I, I learned to, to be grateful for the game. You know what I mean? And and that was probably from when I was playing. My freshman year, we were playing at New England College in the playoffs. Um, and I actually tore my ACL. And I didn't, you know, next night we had we had 16 freshmen in the lineup. The next night I, I watched us, you know, lose to Babson College in, in the uh, ECAC East uh, Championship. And I didn't, I never had that opportunity. We never even got a sniff to go back into the, we never got back to the semifinals in my four years there. So the opportunity to be grateful, to, to step on the ice every day and, and, and play. Um, I learned that then, and, and if anything, you know, this year with COVID, it, it came back up and it, it kind of like triggered a, triggered a little memory in my head and said, Hey, this is another thing. Like be grateful that you can, you know, coach, coach and be involved in the game of hockey and, and, and impact you know, young men's lives and um, other people's lives so much. Um, so I, am really grateful for that. Um, you know, I think if you're, you know, the second part to this answer, I think would be, you know, the thing I learned about division three is, um, in college hockey is, is anybody can be anybody on any given night. doesn't matter if you're a first year program, you're 50 years in, doesn't matter what league you're in. Um, You, when you step off the bus, if you, if you have a, your work ethic with you, you're prepared mentally, you have a clear mindset and you have a, you have a a good locker room, meaning guys are tight and connected. You can literally, any team can beat anybody. So it makes division three so competitive on a nightly basis. And this, and then even going past that, recruiting is is so competitive for us coaches it's it's everybody's out on the road now everyone has access to kids everyone has access to see kids on hockey tv or or going live to watch them so not only are you competing on the ice in the locker room from october to march but you're also now competing year round 365 days 24 7 in the recruiting battle so it it's you know you have to always be a positive mindset and kind of go at it the best way you can so to me, it's it goes back to that work ethic. You know what I mean? How, how driven do you want to be and how good do you want to be um, is part of it. So um, I guess those are my, my big things I learned. And that's the things I try to keep with me and close to my chest and, and constantly always remind myself. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to be able to coach and wake up and and be impactful on, on student athlete lives, whether it's even in not just hockey, but maybe having a conversation with a football player, or a basketball player. To me, that is so unique and such a, a powerful thing to be. I'm I'm grateful to have in my life. Now, coach.
1: I mean, the, we we deal mostly in a world right of junior hockey, and it, and it's all. Everybody talks about the other, right? It's always the 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 bill of uh, this is better than this, and I need to be here. And here's my. It's all about standing and about the idea of people lose sight of what's best for them and finding programs that fit their playing style or fit their needs or fit where they want to go or even where they want to live. Right. And and we lose track and lose sight of things sometimes because we're always chasing that almighty kind of stance in the game of hockey and, and with division three hockey, as someone who played it yourself. And, and I mean, myself, a former division three athlete, the idea is, there's sometimes the stigma of, Oh, I I need to go play NCAA division one or bust, or I need to, I I need to find my way to, to an institution. I'd rather ride pine in in an NCAA D one school or not play at all. than go play NCAA division three. Now, can you, can you talk to the player at home? Number one, from your own perspective, I mean, why choose division three? Why, why make that decision for a player kind of on the fence and, I know you sell the idea of right. Everybody, everybody can beat everybody on a given night. And that's one of the great things. There's also a, a, a wide variety of teams you can play styles, coaching styles, rosters on the ice. But can you talk to the player at home about really the benefits, not just on the ice for NCAA division three, but off the ice in the classroom, whether it be an Alvernia university or beyond in, in the division three level.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, from my perspective on this, it's, it's, you know, you have, you know, and I, I, I think there's about 85 division three teams and there's 61, 62 division one teams. I mean, there's, it's less than 150. I know that. So, um, you know, when you look at it and then you times it by the roster spots, um, I I always take the philosophy of like, you know, in division three, we're not, you know, you're not allowed to give athletic scholarship so we take that off the table I look at it when I recruit a kid and let's say it's us against three other schools that the kid has to offer I'm not going to come in and, and and push and push and push and say why my school's better I'm presenting the idea of this is what we have to offer here's what you know athletically academically financially you know you know uh, socially here's everything that we have to offer as a university here's what you know some things that we can do set you up for life after, after school and all that stuff. I always say, and and I know some guys disagree with me, it's always the student's decision, student athlete's decision. And it's always the family decision. You know, you may have a a school that is a top end division three school, but that school might be three times more money to play there. Um, And the same thing goes for division one. You may be a division one hockey player, but that division one school may not have a scholarship spot, they might not even have a 15% scholarship for you. So when you look at it and it's, you know, four times more money to go sit there and maybe you play your junior and senior year, but that's a lot of money when you think about interest on your student loans and things of that nature. Um, So to look at the division three option, what you're going to get is you're going to get the opportunity athletically to most to play as long as you're doing your, your things that you need to do and you take the right attitude about it. Um, but academically, you know, some of the division three schools are, are, are just absolutely phenomenal and they're powerhouses. I mean, the, some of the, the smaller division three schools, the, the connections and the network that you can make at a division three school is, is so much different than at a larger university, um, where it's ran more like a business, whereas a division three school, it's, you know, most of the time, a lot of the work uh, employees at the school and, and people that our administration at the school know, you know, students, and they know student athletes for sure. And they're, they're willing to kind of bend over backwards to make sure that they're getting what they need. Um, and, it, and then the other side of it is the athletic side is, is you're, you know, you know, I can just speak for Alvernia, you know, I, I, I you know, our men's basketball team has, you know, two, 2,500, 3,000 kids, kids in the stands. And then our football team, same thing. I mean, for where we play in Reading. Um, it's an athletic town. It's an athletic city, you know, it, it, you know, besides the Reading Royals who are in the East coast, uh, hockey league, Alverna university men's ice hockey is the next in the town. So, you know, our rank is going to have, I think it, you know, probably to a thousand 1500 fans there. It's, it's going to pack, you know what I mean? We're going to do really well. It's going to draw really well. Our women's program under Josh uh, Brandywine started last year. Um, did really well. They drew fans there. and We're going to do the same thing. So with that division three experience, it's that inner connection with your fan base, which once again, builds your network and it gives you that opportunity to build your platform, to build your, to, to build your own network. And you never know who you're playing in front of ever. And um, I always tell kids, if you're good enough, you you know, to lengthen your hockey career after college, they're going to find you and, and we'll help you. We're going to make phone calls for you, but It's more about your four years experience because it's, you know, whether you go Division One or Division Three, nothing is guaranteed after your senior year in May. You have to go earn everything at that next level um, and we'll do everything we can to do it. So that would be my my big thing with um, is Division One, Division Three. It's it's that overall experience you're going to get where it feels like it's more uh, of a family, you know what I mean? Opposed to a business type of mentality.
1: Yeah. And I vouch for it myself. I mean, it's, it's one of a kind. Like You look at, you look at that division three model. It, it allows you to be a student athlete at all times. And there's, there's never a question to the opposite, to the contrary. And, and it, it's so important as, especially for our, our student athletes in, in the junior hockey level we work with on a, on a daily basis, it's so important to put yourself in a position to succeed in the classroom, because as Lucas always says, there's a reason why the word student is first. And at Alvernia, I mean, I remember on a recruiting trip years ago. Now I feel like my knees hurt enough. I think I, I count the years and how painful my knees and back feel. But I, years ago, I, I remember walking in there as a 20 year old JUCO baseball player and walking into a basketball game, a men's basketball game there, and that place was packed. It was absolutely out of hand. awesome to watch what was going on there and i mean for the student athlete at home i i foresee an alvernia hockey team looking more like like utica up there with a packed house selling out the town than than anything else And, and i think it's going to be a really exciting atmosphere i really think this town's going to buy in you look at how good the philadelphia flyers are right now towns around big cities tend to react based on what the big clubs look like. You look at Tampa. We're down here right now. It's a big football town right now. It was a hockey town last year, a baseball town over the summer. And as the teams go at the big level, so do the collegiate institutions. I really think this is the right time for Alvernia. I think it's going to be a big year for the Flyers, at the NHL level, a big year for them. Coach is, I mean, Coach, you sold us. You sold us. I mean, if Lucas and I were any good and we could hop out there with you right now, we'd be on the ice with you. But... (laughs) We 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 close out the Q and A here before we get to Lucas's academic corner with a question we ask everyone, and in, and in your case, it's a little different, right? Normally, we're asking a guy like Bruce Boudreaux about his new squad in Hershey and and why why pick them, why pick their them during their inaugural season. Today, we're talking about the college level, and we're talking about not just making a decision based on your play on the ice, but making a decision on you know where to go to school, where to get that education. And coach, for the player at home, for the parent at home listening right now. Why should they come play for Andrew Burke and why should they choose Alvernia as their stop and their next place on life's destination and their hockey trip?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I guess I'll answer for Alvernia first. I think, you know, when you look at Alvernia, it's it's set off right outside of Reading. Um, So you're going to get that city feel. Um, And it's a great education, like I said earlier in the pod. It's 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 a top one hundred education in the northeast region, um, so and it and it's financially it's very cost effective. Um, we have great academic scholarships, um, and the approach of the of the institution is is a student of, a student focused approach. So you're going to get the the one on one needed attention. Our our student to t, uh, uh, our student to uh, faculty ratio is twelve to one. Um, the major offerings, I think there's 80 major offerings along with grad programs. So, you know, if we have a student athlete that wants to look at pre-law or pre-med or an MBA program or business or engineering, we have all of those majors and they're all booming right now in, in the way that they're coming about because of our lo- geographical location of Philadelphia, New York, Washington, DC, Reading, Wilmington, Delaware, where major companies are at. And not only that, we're an internship based school and we have a list of in, uh, companies that we work with hand in hand to get our student athletes and our regular students um, internship opportunities to help them build their resume. Um, and then not to mention, you know, athletically, you know, you're going to be you're going to be put on a pedestal. You're going to be you know number one for them and you're going to feel that you're playing at the, you know, a Penn State or, or you know, a Bowling Green. And it's to me, that's unique. These student athletes are going to be taken care of the right way and they're going to get a great college experience, both academically, socially, and athletically. And then for me, you know, when it boils down to, you know, coming to play for me, it's, you're going to, you're not going to find a coach that's more passionate about the game. I'm, I'm a young guy. I just played, just got done playing, even though I've been coaching for nine years. Um, I still have that mentality of, of being a player's coach and, and being over communicative with my players and and teaching them the game and teaching them the right way to play the game and, and always being honest to the game. And, and, and if you do that, every, the game will, will reward you. And I think for me, you're not going to find a coach that's one going to, going to give you everything I have on a nightly basis. And I think a lot of coaches work hard, but like I said earlier, I, I always pride myself on work ethic and, 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 and building a family. And that's what I'm at heart. I'm a, i am I build things, um, hence at Athens and now here at Alvernia university, um, as a coach, I'm going to I want to want to build a good culture of hard work, a family first mentality, uh, a team that's grateful and a team that plays with integrity. And, and I think, you know, I'm going to teach the life lessons that these kids are going to need, but I'm going to teach it in a different way through the game of hockey. So I think that's the two things why why a you know, potential student athlete that's looking at Division three or college hockey um, should consider Alverna University and consider you know, our Alverno University hockey program
1: absolutely awesome coach I mean again folks you gotta you gotta read between the lines with people when they talk right and in this game in any sport in anywhere it's how it's how I got into doing this back with back with Brett Brunato seven years ago now it's how I got into this side of things it's it's the idea of this is a it's a competitive world recruiting right it's a competitive world whether it's at the NCAA level whether it's throughout junior hockey whether it's Mites, midgets, wherever, it's, it's all competitive, right? And we got to find those people like Coach Burke here who uh, they believe in you and they, they believe in the mission that they're on. And the whole idea is creating the best experience for the players and the right experience for the players. And, and Coach, what you're doing there is absolutely awesome. Don't go anywhere because we have to remind our players real quick here before we get to our parting words from Coach Burke that, again, we talk student-athlete. And we talked, especially with Andrew Burke today, Coach Burke is a collegiate coach. So if you go play for Coach Burke, there's a certain GPA you got to keep up to. There's a certain amount of classes you got to show up to. And at a school like Alvernia, you're going to have a great opportunity of having a 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio, which also comes with something that Dan didn't realize when he went to play NCAA Division III, that – you got to go to class every day. And (laughs) this is something Lucas did great. He went to class every time. And it's something we remind all our players they got
0: to do Lucas, the academic corner, take it away. So we'll start the academic corner with a little quote, how strange that nature does not knock yet does not intrude by Emily Dickinson. And I think that that quote. Hold is, on, this
1: is the first time I've ever cut this off. Did you just, you, there's nothing written in front of us, folks. Lucas just ripped an Emily Dickinson quote out of his head. <laughs> I didn't know that was there, and it, I'm worried about it. I we we're, we're in the same suite here. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was crazy. Good
0: for you, man. <laughs> That's why I have the academic corner. Also, it's exactly. written on the tea bag in front of me. So. Oh, there you <laughs> go. go. <You're> <laughs> And that actually goes, even getting called out goes perfectly into my academic corner because it's about opportunity. And opportunity works the same as nature in that quote. How strange that opportunity does not knock and yet does not intrude. Opportunity will never show up and demand to be recognized. You have to be the one recognizing it. You have to go out and find it. But the flip side of it is that it is always around us, whether it's a thought-provoking quote on a teabag from three days ago because Dan and I were losing our voices or whether it's a coach who's putting the academics of the game ahead of just getting out there and being flashy and scoring points or whether it's a school like Alvernia with 80 majors and a 12 to one student ratio. As someone who went to a big university cannot tell you how incredibly awesome it is to hear about a school with a 12 to one student ratio and 80 majors and internships. When you have an opportunity, like Albernia University, sitting in front of you, you have to go out and you have to go get it. So reach out to coach, go to class, do your homework, write the essays, learn the languages, go out and get every single opportunity and pull it to your side of the ice because otherwise you might lose it.
1: Awesome work by Lucas. And again, ladies and gentlemen, it just always sounds like he's yelling at me this all started for those of you who don't know about Lucas and I, I pulled Lucas into this thing seven years ago when, when Brett Brunito and I were tasked with starting up a a podcast all together. And I knew he was the guy who would actually get the job done. I'm an idea man. You know, I just keep rolling. (laughs) I come up with the ideas and then I go to Lucas and he gets the actual job done. I mean, and it's, it's a situation players where, again, this is an awesome opportunity. You get a chance to sit here and listen to coach. I mean, it's 2021 with the, the troubles that come with a pandemic, the troubles that come with COVID with all of us trying to stay safe and distance and things like hub city, Tampa coming to fruition in the game of hockey, just to get the game played for folks around the country. There are some positives to the year 2021, things like this, as, as an athlete, just a decade, just over a decade ago, I would have loved an opportunity as a recruit to sit down pop on my phone, pop on Spotify, pop on iTunes, and listen to a potential landing spot for me and listen to that coach really dig into who they are. Because so many times we try to, uh, we, we go to places, you know, and if your coach is afraid to really let you let in, let you in the door, right, and let you know who they are, let you know what they're about, let you know, then then you might not be in the right spot. And in this case yet, Coach Burke, we absolutely are, are so thankful that you joined us here today and, and really shared with us what you're doing. And, and we have no doubt that this is going to be a really, really successful endeavor here at Alvernia. Albernia. It's, uh, Reading, Pennsylvania is ready for hockey. I guarantee you this Philadelphia Flyer season is going to just light people up to the game. And 2022 is going to be a success, Coach. We close out the show with our parting words. Lucas does not have any just to really sell that Jay and silent Bob mantra. So we go to you and coach your parting words for the folks at home. How do you want to close things out today?
2: Yeah, once again, I, I want to thank you guys. I appreciate all, all you guys do to not only help your league, but also help the game of hockey and grow. And um, I'm fortunate to, to, ha- for you guys to, to bring me on and let me, let me talk about myself and Alverni and my style, my philosophy um i'm looking forward to the next 18 months obviously hopefully soon be out in the rinks and seeing everybody in person and and being able to once again maybe we can't shake hands right away but maybe we use the elbow thing or we'll figure something out but um, i'm super grateful for what you guys do I'm, i'm i'm ecstatic to get this program started um and like i said if there's any you know anything i can do in the future to help you guys let me know and then any you know student athlete that's looking at it alvernia you know Drop me a note or, um, like I said, we'll find you and we'll, we'll definitely help you start the recruiting process. And like I said, once again, guys, I really appreciate all your all your time and all your effort you put into this to help the game of hockey grow. So once again, thank you. And, and obviously stay safe.
1: Hey, thank you so much,
2: coach. And my
1: my parting word today, I like to keep it along with kind of what. Uh, with our guest each week. And and the word I thought of this week is optimization. And I know Lucas probably thinks I can't spell that or know what it means, but forget you, Lucas. Optimization though. I mean, number one, what coach Burke is doing in his coaching career to leave the ice, to get right behind a bench, almost a decade behind the bench already. This is a guy who left the ice just a, a, just over a decade ago. Just, Just, I mean, just, it was it's amazing to see someone that really takes advantage of the tools around them and I, and i talk about this all the time whether i'm talking to college classes whether i'm talking to to young people who reach out to us in the game itself or just just talking to younger family members trying to go through through college and through life it's it's so important that we optimize our time we sit here in hub city tampa right now players that are listening with us and There's a real opportunity in front of us for a couple of things, right? With two months living in Tampa Bay, Florida. Option number one is hit the rink three times a week and relax. Get back, kick in the sun, toss the ball around, do whatever I want, right? And option number two, the road less traveled, is the one where you put in the work. It's the one where you wake up early every day. You hit the gym, off day or not. It's the one where you're eating right, right? It's not the guy that's getting out and getting the Grubhub McDonald's after 8 o'clock when Saddlebrook allows it back into the building. It's it's the idea of putting in the work and optimizing our time. For Lucas and I, it's been waking up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. every single day since we started down here. And, and working all day long until we go horse, right? Losing our voices on hockey TV to optimize the amount of hockey we can cover, the amount of people we can shine the spotlight on, on the ice in this game. And co- people like Coach Andrew Burke, people like Lucas and myself, you know, you, you got to go out there and get the worm. The early worm can go outside and be there in the morning, but you got to put in the work and you got to optimize your time to catch the worm. It ain't just going to walk up and climb into your mouth. And the idea right now is we need to battle. We need to work through this thing. For Lucas and I, for those of you trying to follow along with us, we were in Pennsylvania. We were in Jersey. We drove on down. We are now in Hub City, Tampa. We went up to Space Coast, Florida, an awesome game there. We were down in Estero, Florida, to celebrate our hashtag Holiday Follow Challenge winners, the Florida Junior Blades, with over 3,000 votes from their fan base to get us down there. Congratulations to them yet again. We now... Have one last week here in Hub City, Tampa, before we hop in the car and head to Charleston, South Carolina. The USPHL Southeast Showcase will be Thursday through Sunday this weekend. Lukes and I will be there Friday and Saturday. Games all day long, kicking off with the Charlotte Rush and Tampa Bay Juniors premiere at 3 p.m. Friday afternoon. Then who knows where we go? We, we, got, a, we got a meeting coming up with Commissioner Bob Turro, where we got to figure out Where's the Dan K-mobile going next? But I can guarantee you this, ladies and gents, we're going to be optimizing our time. Optimization, today's word. Coach Andrew Burke, today's guest. We thank our partners. First, Elite Junior Profiles. You want to put that extra paint on the car. You want to really take your recruiting profile to the next level. You have a hockey player in the house, and you also have maybe a woman's volleyball player maybe a men's basketball player, maybe a woman's ice hockey player. Guess what? Elite Junior Profiles is not just for ice hockey. It's for all of your high school age athletes. And it's for coaches, college, junior hockey, and high school coaches worldwide. They've even got the Jamaican ice hockey team and the Kenyan soccer team tied into the website as well. www.elitejuniorprofiles.com. Find out how to put that extra little accoutrement on your recruiting profile there. Next up, Remastered Sleep. Sleep better with just a sip. Get rid of that snoring. Stop keeping people up. Don't be like Lucas and two rooms away. Snore so loud that Dan K can't sleep. No more snoring. Don't allow it to happen. It is the water bottle of your dreams. Remasteredsleep.com. That's www.remasteredsleep.com to find out more. Dan K. Show 10 at checkout to get 10% off your water bottle. Sleep better, be healthier, sleep longer. That's how we're waking up early every day here in Hub City, Tampa, the help of that water bottle. www.dank.show.com at the underscore Dan K. Show. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Keep following the most watched show in junior hockey. Keep listening to find out why. More people listen here than anywhere else. When Dan Kay's on the mic, it's always hockey night. We'll see you at 8 a.m. on Hockey TV for our next broadcast. Perfect. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. I appreciate all your help. Hey, seriously, that was awesome. And, and again, if you you ever need anything from us, you let us know. I know it's going to be a long recruiting trail for the next year and a half, so if you're ever – ever need any help or anything from us or you need to hop on or want to do anything, let us know. We're, we're happy to help out with, with coach Wallach. We did some, some video content with him and things like that. So, I mean, if you guys get to that point with the school, as you get closer to kicking it off, you, you got our information, you can always reach out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I was going to say once, once we get going and hopefully by next year we can, we can get into the rinks and maybe we'll do something, something live and, uh, or in person or, um, as we get off, maybe I can do a status update with you and where we're at the program. Because uh, I can maybe once I get a rendering, I can show it to you guys with locker room. Should be pretty cool, but we'll see. You know, it's it's I've only been on the job a week, so. And also, <laughs> yeah, also on. we're we're looking at like an Arizona State setup, by the way. Oh, that's awesome! That <laughs> yellow amazing.
1: helmet, yellow helmet, maybe charcoal pants and charcoal. Um, and I was just thinking, like, that whole setup there, like, the colors, they're, they're so sharp. Like, that gosh. was, that was like, one of the selling points to me when I went and visited. I was like, oh, crap. Like, these, like, the unis look great out here. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like person, the Minnesota yeah. Golden Gopher kind of look. It's It's got, like, that kind of feel to
2: it. Yeah, yeah. So, we're, well, I actually have a meeting tomorrow uh, with our equipment manager. And we already signed with CCM, but we're yeah. CCM and Under Armour School. So, now we're trying to just figure out, like, the final, not final design, but start designing and laying things out and all that stuff. So I could maybe come back on and, and, uh, you know, maybe kick off next season or whatever and kind of give a status update of where I'm at. And then, you know what I mean? Probably probably be about 20 pounds heavier, but I'll be, I'll be, (laughs) I'll be alive.
1: (laughs) That's it. Right. I mean, I feel like this quarantine, I I wear all these crazy suits on the trips and, and I had to get back on a workout program. The first time I tried to get into the one I was like, I think all my suits are shrinking. I don't yeah, think
2: it's, me. yeah it's, it's never, it's <laughs> never us. It's always the damn
1: dryer. That's it. I mean, why don't they make suits with elastic pants? That's what I'm always wondering.
2: I don't know, man. But yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing I if I can learn from what I built for and that year. I gained, I think it was like 17 pounds. I'm like, I can't do 17 pounds again. I'm at my limit <laughs> where I'm at now. I'm five, I'm five eight, five nine with with stilts on. So I need to, I need to be careful. I'm not wider than I am taller. So oh god. Yeah. A lot of salad. That's I, I've been getting
1: uh, pushed by Jim Hankel over here with the Connecticut junior Rangers. He's, uh, he's waking up at 4am every day in Saddlebrook working out. I'm like, I'm not doing that with you, but at least I'll eat dry salads with you. <laughs> like, sit across.
2: Yeah. My assistant will actually be down there next week. Um, I just wasn't allowed to say that we're actually on a travel ban, so I can't, I wow. can't travel, but my assistant's coming down. So.
1: Got it. That's great though. It, it's definitely been, the hockey has been great here. They're talking about doing another, uh, Couple prospects games too in the next week or so. They're trying to put that together, so they that'll probably be a good little showcase there. Sure, catch some of the younger guys that have a few more years, and then I know they have a a good amount of premier games here. Like the Cyclones premier team is just loaded with guys that are about two years away that could that could do some things. So I
2: mean, there's there's definitely some a good amount of talent down here. Cool. Yeah, he'll be down Tuesday to Tuesday. So perfect he's, he's lucky he, i mean all you guys you guys get to take the super bowl in down there i'm like man i'll be up here making 100 phone calls a day <laughs> be <in> the, <laughs> yeah, i'll be I'll be, in, I'll be in 20 degree weather in redding and you'll be in tampa Bay, florida on a beach in the afternoon i'll tell you what
1: that's not it's not a bad it's not a bad trade there i mean we've we've been playing golf and tennis as much as we can down here it's been it's been yeah. great just being yeah. able to be outside coming from 14 degree weather
2: yeah, my assistant, my assistant's the quickest rising assistant I've ever seen. He he I, last, he snores so bad, I get him his own hotel room. I don't put <laughs> him near me, I get him his own meal. Um
0: get him well, the remastered
1: sleep water bottle. That's when we got Lucas. That's how we, we got a partnership with them because it stopped him from snoring.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. So one of the reasons we like we ended up hooking up with them is because I was part of like the product trial during the launch period. Um, yeah. and I feel like two or three weeks down the road, um, yeah, like com- completely got rid of my snoring. Started sleeping a little bit better, um, like sleeping longer through the night. Um, and it's just like a water bottle with like a longer nozzle. It's got like a three-step instruction guide. It's super easy. Um, so yeah, so that's the reason why we partner with them because it, it oh. definitely works. <laughs> We're trying to get Toby Harris to get it
1: for uh, Jim Hunt up here with the Jersey hit, <laughs> apparently he's. <laughs> He's like, like, I'm going to give that guy that thing. He's like, I got to get Jim to
2: stop snoring. Keep me up all night. That's awesome. Um, That's too funny. Um, Yeah, so he gets that. Then he gets, you know, I'm like, you're, you know, first road trip of the year for Alvernia. It's Florida, and you're going. I'm like, man, you're lucky. Last year, he was out (laughs) in Vancouver for two weeks in the (laughs) VCHR. And I'm like, and I'm in the middle of Manitoba, freezing, in Saskatchewan, freezing. I was up in Flin Flon. Like oh. the worst area ever. And he sent me pictures of like mountains. I'm like, are you, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bad junior's train. Ugh. Yeah. I'm like, must, must be nice, man, to be 26 and you're, you're living the life right now. So
1: <laughs> seriously. Right. And it, it's beautiful down. I mean, it's been, everyone was making fun of us because we showed up right after it stopped being cold. Like we got <laughs> people were saying it was like 30 degrees down here a couple of days. We showed up it was like, it's been 80 every day and sunny since we walked in.
2: That's unbelievable. But. Oh,
1: it's, it's yeah. So we are we're making the most of it. But he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> join himself. He'll he'll have tons of hockey. I know that they have uh some extra Premier teams that have come down too. So you'll have Premier y'all at NCDC every damn day. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: So I'll be checking out on Hockey TV while he's there. So um, I'll tell him to say hello to you guys and, and stuff like that if you guys are down there. But.
1: Definitely, yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us, seriously, and and make sure. Make sure he reaches out to us when he comes down here. We'll try to we'll try to give him a lay of the land here. Cool. Get him in. But other than this, so this will drop on Wednesday, just so you know. So we'll tag the school in it. If you have anything, any other tags you want to just, just like social handles or anything, let us know. And then this airs through iTunes, Spotify, basically anywhere that you get a podcast, people
2: can find us. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think just uh, Alverni Athletics and, and the school itself will be fine. Awesome. Yeah, we don't. We didn't. We didn't set up social media or stuff yet. That, that's that's a meeting next week. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother
1: thing. Then he then he got to actually run it. That was like what what Coach Wallace ran knew. It's like you launch the thing and then you're like, oh crap, I don't have an SID yet to actually run this darn thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. I just I haven't met with her yet. So, but I like I said, guys, I appreciate it and thanks for everything you guys you know are doing for hockey and and the and the leagues and stuff. It's it's awesome. So, um, like I said, yeah. we'll definitely be in touch. I'll definitely come back on and give you some updates and we'll go from there.
1: Sounds great. Hey, thanks again, coach, and you have a good
2: night. No problem, you too. Stay safe, guys. Hey, we'll do. Bye. Bye. You wanna stay on the topic?